1: Hi, I'm
2: Lois Kelly and welcome to the Agile Uprising podcast.
1: To another edition of the agile uprising podcast uh, today with me I have some fellow board members um, say good day guys
2: G'day guys this is Andrew hey
1: We have Andrew and Janae with us today. We're going to be looking at uh, Agile through the lens of memes. Um, This is a bit of an experiment for us. We're not 100% sure where this is going to go, but we've gathered some Agile memes that are out there and doing the rounds. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at them and just uh, see whether there's a bit of deeper truth to the um, humor. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put up some memes. Uh, I'll get you to describe them, and we might then get some interpretation of what the meme, why the meme is there. Some of them are really obvious, and then um, what the reality is. So, Andrew, have a meme up at the moment. Would you like to have a go at describing this?
2: So what we're looking at here, it says um, cognitive dissonance as a process, and it has a picture of a lobster. And then it says agile project micromanagement, waterfall within, waterfall with standups. So <laughs> quite an interesting picture here. Um, you know, I think the lobster is 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 kind of equivalent to the. Uh, maybe the trash panda of the sea, it just eats all the garbage on the, on the sea floor. So, um, <laughs> or maybe the the sea rat, I, I'm not sure, but I, I know that Janae shared this with us. So uh, I, I haven't quite, in, yeah, yeah, I haven't quite interpreted what the lobster reading is, but you know, as a micromanagement, I. yeah. <laughs>
1: Could be dark. They, they boil it alive.
0: Janae, what do you that think? You know, so so here's here's the thing. I like anything that's a riff on those O'Reilly books, mm-hmm. and this is clearly that, right? This is a parody on an O'Reilly book cover. So, and actually, just when you mentioned the lobster, it kind of hit me. I was thinking it was more like the like I found my lobster, like the thing that's gonna that that's like the the one thing that that I need. Right. And it's agile or project micromanagement. Right. What it sometimes turns out to be. And also just the conflation of agile and project management. I know that that's definitely people have feelings about that. Um, <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, the whole like waterfall with stand ups. Yay, we did it. And cognitive dissonance process is Amazing. I mean, there's layers here. I guess I feel like we could spend the whole entire episode talking about this, but um, oh, Have I was you encountered
1: actually... the uh, Agile as just a little lady at the bottom of the waterfall?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, the thing that actually drew me to it at first was that cognitive dissonance as process, right? Like, <laughs> When you have something that rubs up against something that you believe or feel, and you mm-hmm. work really hard to just make those things align, I feel like probably we've all come up, come across a situation like that in transformations and just in life and in work, working as agilists. So I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, Janae, you went definitely high on this one. My, my memes are much more low brow.
0: <laughs> I threw in some low brow ones though. Don't get me wrong, but I this, when I saw this one, I was like, "This is good."
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, now that you've explained it, I I have a little more appreciation than when I originally just kind of like it was like, "Oh," it's, it made me chuckle, but. I, I, I interpreted the lobster in a different way, so I like it.
0: A, I like yours too. I mean, I think that we could go various, various directions. Okay,
1: I, 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 can go, I can go for another one. So, so back yeah. when um, lobsters were first being discovered, they were considered the poor man's food. They literally picked out from the water and used. So they were used by the lowest and low, and then refrigeration came in and suddenly – everybody wants to eat lobster. So, so maybe it's also a commentary on the fact that, uh, you know, agile was a response to things not working right. And suddenly it's every man's rich food. Ah,
0: oh, interesting. Good too. Nice is one, good. Brad. I'm stretching a little bit. Brad. Hey, it kind of works. Ah, hey,
2: it does. It does. That, that's a good one.
0: We'll have to find out. We'll have to find the person who put this together. And mm-hmm. see what let's see if we can track them down.
1: And <laughs> uh, li- listeners good. with us, uh, we'll put these up in the show notes as well because they're good enough to share, definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's go something. Maybe let's steal away from that. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna suggest that one as well.
1: That's yep. a good one. So Janae, let, tell us what we're looking at.
0: Okay, so this is basically just a screenshot from Pulp Fiction with Samuel L. Jackson holding his gun up, and he says, "Stay Agile, one more time." <laughs> and I feel like we are all hearing it in his voice, oh, yeah. and we're also putting the his his uh, signature at tagline the at the end of it. Yep, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel this, and you know, I I haven't even been in Agile. Um, as long as you guys have, but I do feel like there's, there's some fatigue just yeah. around the word in general and some of the practices and the things that we discuss. And, um, you know, I have definitely already experienced some of that myself. So yeah. that would be my take.
1: I, I kind of feel like agile is one of those words that gets has been used to death. I, I mean, I've worked in an organization where uh, they went to an agile workplace unfortunately it was hot desking that was the agile workplace there were no little rooms there were nowhere for boards to go there was nowhere really to collaborate in a way we had to whisper because there wasn't soundproofing in the room um, and it was all concrete it was very challenging circumstances but it was an agile workplace we <laughs> did uh, yeah
2: I I just, I, I hear the voice, right? Say Agile. One more. I'm not, I'm not going to try. It. I mean,
0: wait. Uh,
2: oh, Jackson. But um, I hear this all the time going into clients. It's just, it's, to me, it's the excuse. Oh, we're Agile. Or, oh, this is, you know, we got to do this because we're Agile. It's, it's this irritant, I find to be extremely, (laughs) it triggers me every time they say, because, you know, oh, well, we don't need to plan because we're agile. Mm -hmm. That's totally garbage. And I was like, thinking back as you were telling that story, Brad, back, you know, years and years and years ago, when I was like doing development work on on a team as a contractor. I I was put under the stairs in the stairwell at the organization I was (laughs) contracting. And that's where all the contractors congregated. So we were our own little scrum team having to deal with, you know, this like having to be highly collaborative because we were all packed in under the stairwell. So before it was even agile, it was like, all right, we need to like figure out what our community is going to look like because our surroundings are just awful. Yeah,
0: like Harry Potter just under the (laughs) stairs. Poor (laughs) thing,
2: It was not that glamorous.
0: You you actually say
1: that and I immediately get another voice that happens in my head. I'm just going to put him up there. This is a meme as well.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Princess Bride. Uh, Classic. Yeah. Inigo Montoya. You keep using that word. I do not think you know what it means. Yeah. That That is true as well. That is true as well. I... Every, I feel like everyone is is using the word, but truly, in my opinion, uses it as a solution, right? As opposed to design, right? How do we design using agile methods and thinking, as opposed to how do we how do we deliver and execute? So. Yeah,
1: and I'm going to piggyback on that one. Um, this is one that I've chosen. I, <laughs> Andrew, do you want to just describe this because I think it just fits so beautifully in here.
2: <laughs> Uh, so it's that meme with the cat and the and the woman pointing. I'm an agile developer. Sprints are ubiquitous. You are just a developer. <laughs> so I, I don't know how much more you can riff off of this one. It's pretty self-explanatory, but uh, I'll open it up to the rest of the panel and, and see how you guys iterate through it.
1: I don't know. It, it just seems to be um, following a theme here that's... Uh... <laughs> It's just for a bit. Okay. Going on with the names, this is another one. Um, Denae, how about you have a go at this one here?
0: Okay. Yeah, this one is, okay. So this is a SpongeBob one with multiple panels. And in the top left, you've got Patrick as the executive. And he says, let's move everything into JIRA. And then SpongeBob is the Agile coach. And in all of the following frames, basically he's showing Jira tickets, the smelly piles of Jira tickets literally everywhere, hiding in nooks and crannies, piling up all over the place. And then the final one is just like a mountain of Jira tickets.
1: So. You're being very kind. They look like diapers to me. I'm going to be
0: honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was never a SpongeBob person. I feel like I kind of missed the window with SpongeBob, but I'm not sure what they are.
2: <laughs> I I, I... Sadly, admit I was a SpongeBob fan. It was my daughter and okay. my favorite show. So, okay. I, I'm trying to remember the episode. I don't know if they were diapers, but they could be. I think they were like uh, I don't even know. Could be. Messages, I could can't be wait anything. to guess. <laughs> <laughs> but they they could be Jira tickets for all we know.
0: Exactly. In this, uh, for, for this purpose, they are Jira tickets.
1: Uh, so, uh, Jira.
2: This.
1: good old Jira. I've lived this actually, I I remember at one point I had, um, I was Scrum Master on a team and the lead developer for it, and we had a backlog for a team of seven of us at that point in time, of 2,351 tickets.
0: What? See, I feel like Drew's Uh, laughing like he's like, I've totally seen this. I've never seen something like that.
2: Well, I, I we used to joke about Jira because it's an incident management system, right? It is. Great. So right? it, we used to say that everything in Jira is an issue because that's really what it is. It's it is. All right. So it was always the joke because Jira is an issue. So whether you like it or not, it's, you know, there is no agile tooling one size fits all in my opinion, but yeah. Jira definitely has gone through many iterations of <laughs> of, of garbage. So <laughs> it has improved a bit, but it, it certainly it to me it's not it's not the mo- most robust um, agile tooling.
1: Yeah, or that's a fair state, but, but you could use direction. Monday.com if you want.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or, or Excel. Or Excel. Excel can work. Um, actually, when this happened to us, and I'm just going to go back to it, is it really was like that? Um, you know, anything over 60 days, chances are you're never going to get to it anyway. Um, and it was just ideas upon ideas, and little bugs that just weren't important enough to fix, and not enough time to do it. We what we did is we actually ended up um, calling what uh, my current boss terms now is uh, ba- uh, backlog bankruptcy. We actually archived the entire lot, <laughs> started a new bank- backlog, and pulled out another one month one month's worth of work, roughly, which was much more manageable. And uh, only pulled things in is it actually reared its head again multiple times. Um, that's, that's actually how that's
2: we go a, with it. That's a really interesting topic. I, I don't want to – I could totally spin off on that because I have some ideas around the, the debits and credits of a team and, and their backlog health and their incident management. So – uh, that might be a topic for another combo. Well,
1: we had uh, oh, we should should totally be. Um, we definitely we already had the cognitive dissonance. Now we have cognitive load. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, and in this God. case, given that they're diapers, they're literally loads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we I go did. high,
1: I go low. It's fine.
0: <laughs> that's fine. It's <laughs> fine.
2: <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's get the Star Trek memes. <laughs> go I ahead, Janae. To... You you can you can kick this one off.
0: Okay, so this is Captain Jean Luc Picard um so with with like the kind of exasperated look with his hand reached out and at the top it says psychological safety and at the bottom it says how do we even build that <laughs> so yeah good question funny yeah. good question it's followed up by <laughs> <laughs> oh and then followed by the the same character and he says i've got your psychological safety and he's flipping the bird (laughs) okay let's let's go in i think this is interesting okay Oh, yeah
2: psychological yes I'll just jump in because I'm, yeah. I'm i'm the interrupting cow no um,
0: okay.
2: <laughs> yeah psychological i I love it right I love the premise, I love the idea. do companies actually invest the effort that it takes to create safe spaces for for their people? I haven't seen a ton of investment or when friction arises or production slows down. That's to me, one of the first things that goes out the window. So I think Mm -hmm. these memes kind of capture that type of, of feeling or the emphasis around, you know if you' do, if if you're not willing to stand behind keeping your people feeling like they're safe and these are safe places for them to work and develop pride and have all the good things that come out of an autonomous team you know psychological safety is an easy thing to say but a hard thing to commit to
1: yeah I think the other thing that these capture is the psychological safety this is getting really actually. Psychological safety comes down from the top. So if you've got a leader that isn't self-aware enough or doesn't have the emotional intelligence to actually be able to monitor themselves, regulate their emotions, not just fly off the handle when they're getting a bunch of pressure on them, psychological safety just goes, yeah, I got your psychological safety. Hmm. <laughs> Big middle finger. Um, yeah,
0: and it's in he, the
2: SpongeBob it's... diaper.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's in that pile. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> that one's a good one. Yeah, that one's good. Well, and I feel like too. I was just—I just want to say one more thing. I think that, like, in any organization where you have a, a group of leaders, there mm-hmm. might be some that are really good at advocating for that and supporting it, and 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 doing so in a pretty holistic manner. But it really just takes one bad apple. to to screw that up because it's hard to trust that that's there or that it will stay there, you know? So it's definitely an uphill battle, but I agree with you. Mm.
2: It's amazing when the unicorn turns into the rhinoceros, right? Right. Right. Hey, we want to promote this psychological safety. That's the unicorn. Oh, everyone's this, and then all of a sudden they're the rhino ripping through the team, like yep, just bashing and battering everybody. So you're
0: like, yep. well, okay, cool. <laughs> they are like, well, we we'll sent out a team health survey, so get in line.
1: Oh uh, well, we have to back straight onto this one then.
0: Oh man, I love this one. Take it. I okay. really, I want to give that kid a hug. Okay, so this is from, what movie is this from, you guys? That Peter Pan movie that Johnny Depp was in. I can't remember. Finding Neverland. Find Finding Neverland. Is. Yep. Okay, so uh, the, the top frame, we have the little boy with tears in his eyes, and he's the employees. And then the frame below it is Johnny Depp looking at him very knowingly as the agile coach. The bottom frame is Johnny Depp giving him a hug, and the the subtext of this is he's sad because management wants us to follow this framework, even though it is not solving our problem, and the Agile coach just kind of pulls him in for, for a hug. So I don't know if that means the Agile coach is like, yeah, there's nothing I can do about that, or if he's like, I'm here to help you with that. I, I would love your take on that.
1: It could go either way. It really could.
0: It really depends
1: on the agile coach, uh, and the organization as well. And it the org. On whether the uh, agile coach has been beaten to submission by the context.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, or it could be you know dogmatic versus pragmatic, right? So. you know, I'm going to force you to work in this framework, even though I'm not willing to meet you where you are to accommodate kind of the growth pattern and, or the, Hey, I want to meet you where you are. We're going to work through this together kind of coaching Mm -hmm. approach. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and I think I've, I've been, I've noticed some sort of like, like in the game of telephone where you can truly have a leader who's like, Hey, this is kind of what we're recommending. This is what we think might work, but we trust you to kind of bubble up if you think something different might be better. Um, and people either get complacent or they assume that that's disingenuous. And so they just kind of throw their hands up and it goes back to kind of status quo, like business as usual, even though I think if if they pushed a little bit harder or or if there was maybe better, healthier communication around it, it really could work. You know and there's a massive uh, status quo bias with that as
1: well I mean just taking that straight there is um, sure. Daniel Kahneman stuff is without pushing towards something we, we just drop back into the status quo so so so, so easily
0: exactly that's,
1: yeah, that's and I, I've tried nothing and I'm all out of ideas and tears are running down the face like Ned Flanders
0: oh yeah <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, I think we all get get kind of slammed with the either the squishiness of being a coach or yep. not telling teams what they need to do prescriptively, not providing playbooks. Really, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's plenty of coaches that do. Uh, I'm not particularly aligned to that type of coaching, but uh, yeah, it's always interesting. To say the cool. least as far as what what happens when a coach shows up and, and what the experience is maybe that's another topic for another show too like hey what what's what's your first day on the job like as a coach
1: yeah, this could actually be pattern of engagement as well if, if you're putting in a framework that's very foreign to whoever's there sometimes you actually need to do for a little while before you see the benefit So right at the start of this engagement, you you could get that reaction so very easily.
2: Yeah, You know, it would be funny to go in and coach Waterfall, but call it Agile and see if anyone picks up on it, right? Because I guarantee, well, in my experience, most organizations don't know how to do Waterfall in a, in a good way. So it's, it, that would be a funny experiment. Uh, I like getting fired. So <laughs> I might have to try that one.
0: <laughs> but isn't that something that I feel like some people like there's some of that happening, right? Where people were like, actually agile, like it was a failed experiment, whatever. We're just going to go back to waterfall and we're going to do it right this time. It's like, well, okay. Let me know. How I, I
2: guess I always say the framework never fails. People fail. So
0: yeah. No, I think
2: every, a good every system's designed to get the results it gets.
0: Right. And then mm-hmm. and then you get your shirt made. Right. Drew? That's right. That's, that's right. right, buddy. That's a good shirt. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yes, it is. I agree. I, well, we're, I talking, we're talking, we're talking about agile
1: coaches. Let's just uh, throw the cyanide and happiness little one in. <laughs> I'm going to read this out. Cyanide and we're happiness good. with the little Doberman in the middle. Doesn't bite? No, but it can hurt you in other ways. Your Agile certifications are worthless, and one of them is <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
2: this topic.
0: I like this topic, but I like it because I'm newer in the field of Agile. So, I I mean, I'm not saying that I think all certifications are great, but I have enjoyed mine. I've also been lucky to get mine with people who have been amazing. So. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I think there's some fatigue in some of the folks that have been in the industry maybe a little bit longer around the watered down effect of just getting certified and and being released into the wild. So without a support, without a good support system, or at least a a pair, like someone to pair with to utilize your new skills and and have a, again, a safe place to learn, um, I think is important. So I've gone through tons of certifications and I had no business after my certifications doing the things I was doing. I had some really good people around me that that'll you know help me learn. So yeah. I, I do I see both sides of the coin and I think the I, I I'm hopeful and I do see some sprinklings of it that the industry is starting to acknowledge that and this isn't to trash you know this the CSM or anything, but yeah. the, that that pro- like two days you you've never if you've never had scrum Mastery experience, I, are you truly equipped to be a Scrum Master? It's no. more human, right? So uh, the mechanics or Scrum isn't hard. So no. it's just a matter of how do you deal with friction? How do you deal with team dynamics? How do you deal with teams that don't like each other? Mm-hmm. It has nothing I, to do with Scrum.
1: I, I, no, and full disclosure, I work for a um, couple of CSTs. Um, But their take on the scrum training has never been I give you a piece of paper and suddenly you're magically able to do scrum. The way that they've always approached it, and I've really appreciated the honesty, is that, look, you do a certification and we're going to give you a good basis to start doing other things and start your journey. This doesn't immediately make you magically scrum masters, but it will give you the tools that you need to begin the journey into being a scrum master. I think that's probably a more healthy approach than just saying, do this two-day course, you're suddenly a scrum master, and you can do anything.
0: Magic. Magic. (laughs) It's the underpants gnomes. Yeah, but I also think, too, part of this is – you know i was i was shocked when i got my csm and i was like oh man these some people it's like you see them on linkedin and they have just a, the, an entire alphabet practically after their name and their title mm-hmm. so that it shows up and so that they get picked up in like the scrapers or whatever that um you know recruiters are using just trying to find people and i'd have people reaching out to me after literally after only being a scrum master for maybe 6 months and being like oh you're you know your experience is amazing and we'd love to have you and i was like oh shit that can't be true sorry i just swore i hope that's okay guys um too late. It's okay <laughs> i think know. it's fine
1: was... we we have oh. jay on this podcast
0: oh that's right. <laughs> okay so we're we're safe um but yeah i was always like you're kidding right i mean i definitely sure Imposter syndrome and all that, that's probably a whole nother podcast. But I was just like, there's no way. Like, I haven't had the experience. And being a, a former teacher, I had seen that from the other side, right? You mm-hmm. teach for many years, and then you have people coming in who like want to audit classes and they want to come, come get some of their practicum hours by observing in a classroom. And part of that whole process is, you know, as like a lead teacher, you'd have, you know, the student would come and give you kind of like their recommendations based on what they saw in your classroom for the day or for the time that they had spent with you. And I would always be like, so, hmm, okay, but so you've never, you haven't taught yet. You haven't actually been in the classroom, you know, d- dealing with all the kind of like daily life of a teacher. You, you, you're you in the process of getting your master's degree in early childhood education or whatever it is. Mm. And you feel like you can sit here and give me or one of my peers, your recommendations on things that we could or should be doing differently based on what you learned in books and like, you know, kind of like your pedagogical knowledge, which is not, which is valuable. I'm not saying that it's not, but without the practical experience behind it and the context and just like the understanding of like you said the human piece of all of it, it's it's lovely you can put it up on a shelf, but it's not helpful. So, I mean, that's just that's just
1: my take. That, that's it. a good take. Yeah, I, I'm good actually one. reading um, So Never Split the Difference. It's a book about negotiation. It was by a um, FBI hostage negotiator, basically. And he went into the business world and he applied just what he learned in the job. <laughs> and he was absolutely heck, heck slamming, yeah. slamming the guys that had learned from books mm-hmm. um, because – his was based on real-life experience. Were, learned the halfway, literally, um, right. in the field, and it was just more effective because it wasn't just based on theory.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that, that goes for anything, right? Parenting, cooking, like whatever, like fill yeah. in the blank, right? But that's how I feel about, and then one of the other memes that we had was like, you know, scrum purists, just being like, that's not how, and you're like, really, give me a break. Have you, have you done this at all? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that's. Sorry. I think that's interesting. As we we move to the next to close this out, I think that's um, it. Uh, you guys are just you always inspire me to to bring up like a bunch of different topics. My my creative brain goes into overdrive, but. <laughs> literally book smart versus street smart, right? Yeah. Yep. Take, take someone that is extremely street smart, put them in the same situation as someone that's extremely book smart and then compare notes. So mm-hmm. do you lose that human element of being able to, you know touch a heart to open a mind as opposed to the teaching mentality that you're teaching a method and you're just not that all teachers are just books bookworms right i'm not, not implying I mean that. that but just in general that that mentality of i'm more academic versus i'm more street smart so it's, yeah. it's an interesting concept <laughs>
1: yeah please um i'm gonna jump us in a very different direction right now okay As a developer, this one actually springs to mind. I've got a couple of these. Um, I'll describe it. So this is from Office Space, and it's the manager, and he's, he's got his coffee. He's doing his walk around. And yeah. If you could go ahead and uh, code out ask, asking questions, that'd be great.
2: <laughs>
0: Brad, you did that perfectly.
2: You did. Yeah. You're definitely a lumberg.
0: Nice. <laughs> Okay, so I have a question about this one. Yep. Is he meant to be a product owner? Or I've seen a couple like this floating around. You're just like possibly like product owners just not wanting to be quote unquote bothered by developer questions like i gave you your acceptance criteria i wrote the stories. just go work is that the vibe here uh, or, or what
1: maybe i mean the other one that I, i've definitely witnessed this and experienced it was um, where you've got somebody sitting in another part of the business you're doing some owed or you're making something for them specifically mm. um, they thought that they've got a problem they said oh this is my problem this is how I fix it they give you the full solution uh, with no critical thinking and no actual knowledge of whether that will fix the problem that they've got and you go oh look I've told you what the solution is you go do it that'd be great and then you take it to them and of course it doesn't help them and they yeah. come back and they oh, give it no. to you and say, no, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't fixing the problem. Okay. So just put down code. You're fine. I've told you how to fix it, it it's fine. Hmm. That's kind of my experience, but yeah, could be the product owner. What do you reckon?
2: I think it could be anybody. You can insert anybody into that. It could be another developer. It could be a product owner. It could be (laughs) a master. I I think that this is a question that happens quite a bit. I think teams get also fatigued over highly collaborative environments, right? Like sometimes you just need the white noise to Mm -hmm. filter out all the conversations so you can focus on your work. So again, I think it's striking a balance. So how do you allow teams to be able to articulate I don't feel like collaborating right now, right? I know that's what we told we need to do, but I really just need to sit down and write code. And mm-hmm. and I don't I don't need all this extra interaction. So I think that's it's a it's a it's a good meme because I think it could go so many different directions, but it's it can come from anyone. I don't I think it's just ambiguous for a reason. Okay.
1: Yeah, I actually came across another meme, which I don't have here, but it was um, talking about Scrum, and it was basically saying, you're like, Scrum, there's so many meetings. Yet, if you use it wrong... Yes. I'll have a two-hour stand-up every day. That's that's just awesome. Um, but I get the fatigue over some of that collaboration space, um, especially if you're adding extra things in and you're trying to. You've added a communication and process overhead. Um, mm-hmm. That happens a bit. So so basically, oh, we've got a problem. Let's add a process. And we'll add another process and we'll add another process and the process ends up being all-consuming and the communication overhead for it is just insane. So you never actually get to program. It's just like, let me at my computer, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, some of the ways that you can deal with that, of course, is, is you know, chunk off periods of time where developers are just allowed to concentrate and that comes back to ways of working and working with the team. But it's certainly something that... As a developer, I faced as a coach, I've witnessed um, where concentration gets very diffuse. And of course, we all know the stuff about multitasking and whatnot, but um, how if you get distracted, it takes you 20 minutes to reset. And if you're getting interruptions every five minutes, whether it be from teams, or whether it be from meetings or whatever, you can lose literally hours in a day to loss of productivity. Um, so, yeah, I've got some. Um, Sympathy for that one, I have to say. <laughs> okay, so let's go. I think maybe just one more. <laughs> I think we have to go with Joey. Where's friends? <laughs> yeah,
0: where I didn't see that one. I think it was up in the string that I sent, Brad. I think. It, I think it was.
1: Let's. Oh, this one here. There it is. So we've got a friend's meme here. as Phoebe and Joey. And I think the only way we can do this justice is Dinae, you go
2: Phoebe. Drew, you go Joey.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, individuals and interactions.
2: Individuals and interactions. Over. Over.
0: Processes and tools
2: processes and tools
0: individuals and interactions over processes and tools
2: (laughs) install jira and use Kubernetes for everything (laughs) yep
1: and the captain down the bottom is trying to be agile methodologies be like trying to explain agile methodologies be like
0: (laughs) yay I just muted myself. Sorry. The Jira comment is obviously back to kind of what the SpongeBob meme was getting at too, right? Yeah. We're just going to install Jira and then we'll be agile. And I actually there think go. this is
1: deeper than that. I, I do. I, like I, okay. I, um, I find this really funny, but I, I use something called the spine method. It's just a really good way of visualizing... Um, How where you are in a conversation and where you should put relative weight of things. So it's basically, it builds up in a pyramid, Maslow's hierarchy of needs type pyramid shape, tools and processes are down the bottom, then above that is practices, above that is principles, above that is values and finally business need at the top. And basically, if you get too much weight in any part of the pyramid, What actually happens is your spine gets all out of whack and you have scoliosis and you have bad problems. And any time that you need to, yeah, it works on multiple levels. Uh, But any time you get stuck at a particular level, the idea is to go up the pyramid until you find uh, agreement and then work your way back down.
0: This okay. is where
1: this is something that I, I admit I've seen a bit is where you get really stuck in the processes and tools rather than actually understanding why you're doing something. You're just doing something, not understanding the principles. Uh, I, I absolutely love this.
2: Yeah, I, I like this, too. And I, I, I agree. I think it's it goes a little bit of it's it's the interpretation of what people hear. You know, so they we 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 promote, you know, the manifesto and the principles and and it's sometimes uh, to me, it's a bit of a blind spot because it, it has deep meaning for me. Hmm. But it doesn't always it doesn't really resonate with with people that are still learning because they haven't experienced truly what it means. So it's just words. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're interpreting yeah. it as something different, as a plug in, as a bolt on. Whatever it might be, as opposed to a mindset change, a, a cultural shift, a a way to accommodate change. I mean, it could go on and on and on, you know, the fixed versus growth mindset. So very interesting that it's as we're talking through this, as silly as it is, right? The whole meme conversation, I think what I'm what I'm learning from the two of you is is just even as three people that live, eat, and breathe in this space on a daily basis, we're still interpreting things differently, Mm -hmm. right? Just based on our experience. So I I love the fact that we have the opportunity to to do that. right? So how this resonates with somebody else, and it's reflective for me, is when I go in and promote the manifesto, I'm going to be a little more... Inquisitive and curious as far as how that resonates with people and I'm going to position that in a few different questions as opposed to just brute force. Hey, how do you feel about these statements, right? Oh, well, that'll never work.
1: I, I, yeah, You yeah. just deepened that for me as well. That's awesome because <laughs> I'm thinking like words. One of the things I encounter is where you're dealing with um, the conversation between say somebody in IT and somebody in the business. They can use the exact same word and we're not even talking agile. We're just talking agile word. Uh, Net sales might be a good example. It means a figure in this department over here for the developers sitting at the back end trying to do something. It means a table and they're both saying, oh, net sales is wrong and the other one's looking at it saying, no, net sales is perfect. Everything's exactly where it's supposed to be. No, you're looking at two different things. You're just calling it the same word. Happens with agile as well. It's completely yeah. Um, Yeah, People people don't hear what you say. They hear what they think you said.
2: I went completely lowbrow, and I, I'm not gonna say the word so I'll be polite, but the F word, right? It has sure. such great, it can be used in, in a great way, and it can be used in a derogatory way. So mm-hmm. it, the, these kind of words, agile to me, almost becomes similar in the sense of it can be used as a negative or a positive. It depends on how you interpret it and, and what your experience with it is too. Although I'm sorry, I can't say that I'm word very best, that. in very best tall ways. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Janae. I cut you off,
0: I think. No, it, I no, it's I was just thinking too, I I feel like this just came up um at at my place of work a couple of days ago. Like just what you said, Drew, about you know, we can we're sitting here and we're like, Yeah, the definition of done, it's so great. We're working on this. And we're talking about team charter and all that stuff and you know. Well, I could, I could party all night with this stuff. I love it. I really do. I mean, despite kind of some of the things I've said about being like, oh, a little bit of fatigue. I get that too. But um, when we're saying these things, what mm-hmm. somebody else, what the person on the other end of the conversation is picking up, I mean, I feel like sometimes I can hear their eyes rolling into the back of their head, right? And I'm like, <laughs> stay with me, please. It's really going to be worth it. <laughs> I'll yep. Let me show you how. Right, but like I, I think um, it reminds me of like that ladder of inference, right? Like you get that snapshot of the data or whatever, whatever I'm saying to you, but depend how we both move up that ladder of like what what we take away from what's been said to us or what we've seen or what we've witnessed. Could be ruled apart, and being mindful of that and understanding like what I'm rooted in and what you're rooted in and what we bring to the table and how we kind of process this information and what we get out of it yeah. and take back to our daily lives could be totally different and it's it's just kind of like a never ending thing but um but I do enjoy the opportunity to keep bringing those, oppor- you know, those learning opportunities and those challenges to people and to myself. But it's also
1: that mindset too. Like, yeah. I, I'm actually surprised at how much I've been doing this, but um, like the WFM type of thing, what's in it for me is something yep. that I spend a lot of time with product owners talking mm-hmm. about when they're dealing with stakeholders. It's yeah. because they'll use words, but you've got to put it in their language and you have to show them what's in it for them. Otherwise, yeah. there's no point because, you know, people don't care what you say. They care that you care about what they want. Um, yeah. So they, they need to feel that you care about them before they listen to anything you say anyway. Um, so it's very much, again, along those lines. It, it's, we can communicate one thing, but unless we really put it in the appropriate frame of reference in the appropriate context, using the appropriate language and being very aware of how we communicate out and how we're being heard as much as anything else. And knowing that there's an eye roll that's happening there, that that takes emotional intelligence. It takes the ability to be reflective of self and be mindful and be present, to listen and judge those cues and that sort of thing. So,
2: yeah, I think it was. I think it was Zig Ziglar that said uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care.
1: Yeah, that's the one. That's a very good note to end on. So is there any other final thoughts? I think we can end it on that one because it's just such a good place. Uh, Any other final thoughts about this journey through the memes?
2: Yeah, and – I think we need to to see if anyone's got any great memes to share. You know, this was like Brad kicked us off very much an experiment. And, and we're just trying to figure out other ways to, to keep keep content flowing and keep the community inspired. So this is our way of, of sparking some engagement around you know the the, the internet culture of, of memes which which everyone loves memes right absolutely I mean, yeah. I've never met anybody that doesn't like memes but maybe that maybe you're out there come come hang out with us and let us know why you hate memes so, <laughs> We're here for that now, now
1: of course I'm going to ask I have to ask the question how can they join us oh that was a really leading question right there <laughs>
2: Uh, you can find us on our uh, on our webpage. You can come join and participate in the community on our Discord channel. So agileuprising.com. You can find the link to join our Discord there. So how to send Twitter? Uh, yeah, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, most of, most of the uh, I think in the show notes we have all the information and links too of of mm-hmm. how to participate. So. Um, yeah, we've we've got great feedback on the on the Discord channel. So don't yep. be shy. We got lots of people that are participating in some great conversations, and it's it's not just memes, right? Lots of learning, lots of collaboration, and, and lots of great ideas. Yeah.
0: Memes and.
2: Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, and, and.
0: memes and. and
2: yeah. I like that. <laughs> That's be my next T-shirt.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: okay well on behalf of all of us um we'd like to thank you our listeners for listening uh do join us on the discord there is some awesome conversation there if you want to support the show um financially you can join us on patreon um until next time uh that's brad signing out